Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Back again. Influence, hey, can we have up that, that big green thing up the back there, the big green thing? Hey, who loves the big green thing? I like the big green thing. Look at that. I love it. Influence. The church vision, if we could have that first one. I wonder how many of you can recite the church vision by now. Hey, if I was to just go around, I won't embarrass you. I hope you can, Chris. Yes, you can. To reach and positively influence our community and world by building a significant church that loves God, loves people, and loves life. And Greg so wonderfully last week brought that word influence to us as a vision for this year. And it's something that's just going to roll out and grow. It's going to be organic the way God does his thing in this new season for us. And he talk, Greg talked about the net mentality rather than fishing. We've all been called to be fishers of men. And sometimes we just go fishing with a fishing line, just the ones, and they're okay. But he spoke about how God challenged him to have a bigger mentality and to use a net. And you know, as fishermen, those drift fishermen that throw the net out, how many more fish they catch when they use a net. So we're all going to be changed in our thinking. This church is here for the 90% of our community that are yet to know and be in relationship with Jesus. How cool is that? We're not not here for us, so my message probably today is I could probably just sit down and go, it's not about us. That's it. Church is wonderful, we love it, but it's not about us. So, Father God, as we just open up your word today and we have a little talk about influence, God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just talk through me, Lord, speak your words to us, encourage us, inspire us, Lord, to be the most positive influence we can be in this community for you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The meaning of influence, if we could have that up there. I looked up the meaning. It's always good to look up meaning of words, isn't it? The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behaviour of someone or something, or the effect itself. It's a pretty good word, isn't it? Hey? To be influential. Think about people who are influential in the world. They're pretty amazing. It's amazing the effect you can have on people when you have influence. Each one of us has influence every single day of our lives, and it can be positive or negative. You can be a bad influence or you can be a good influence on people. So today we're going to have a look at the why, the who, the how, and the what of influence, okay, in our community. So why do we even bother influencing people? Because Jesus told us to. I've got to move. That light's too bright in my eyes. It's reflecting on my page. Is that better? You still see me okay? Yep, all good. Oh, thanks, guys. That's better. Turn the lights down. Every time I look at it, it's going in my face. Jesus told us to, in his very last words that Jesus left us when he went up into heaven, he left us with a command called the Great Commission. And you all know what that is. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, Say it with me, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go, he said. Don't sit on your bottom. You need to go. So we're actually told we need to go. We need to be moving in this thing. 
Most people will not come to the church for whatever reason. We might get some people that walk in the door. And if you're here today and have walked in the door, we are so pleased that you're here. But the majority of people won't actually come flooding through the door looking for us. And I don't know what that's about. I think there's a lot of preconceived ideas about what church is. Maybe they've had experiences growing up or whatever. But you and I both know that church, contemporary church, has changed a lot. But for whatever reason, they're not flooding us through the doors, are they, on a Sunday morning? So we need to go to them. God does draw people to himself, but he uses his people, you and I, to positively influence them for Jesus. Just think about it for a minute. Who were the people in your world that influenced you for Christ? Just have a think. There must have been something about somebody that you saw in them that you went, wow, I like that person or I like what I see in that person. That's our job to influence. The kingdom of God for everybody. I've got some pictures here, Max, if you could put them up there. I was having to think about what the church is and isn't. I don't think the church should be a fortress. See that picture up there? We've been to Europe and a lot of you have and you've seen the big, big churches and the big castles. They've got a moat around them, often these castles, and they've got a drawbridge. Imagine if the church was like that. Got the moat around it. Can't get in. Got the drawbridge. Mm, Who's coming? Yeah, we like you. Mm, Don't like you. Mm, Up goes the door. Can you imagine that? We laugh, but hey. I think historically, sometimes a church has been like that. You know, we pick and choose who we think should come to church. I've been thinking about, you know, God made all of us different. He didn't make us all the same. So why do we want church all the same? We just want everybody here. Every colour, every culture, every, every part of society should be in the church. We don't want everyone to be the same. Sometimes it feels uncomfortable when everybody's not quite like us. Then I was thinking the church would be more described like a lighthouse. How's that? And it even matches our beautiful green um, imagery here. That's what the church should be. A beam of light and hope beaming out across our community, giving people hope. Much better than that fortress. Or maybe a hospital where the broken and the hurt can come to be healed and made whole. Or a family where you're all on your own, you've got no one to be with. You can be loved and included. The church is a place where people can get reconciled to God. They can make it up with God after they've had their hassles with him and they can restart their relationship. I love the church, Big C. I love this church. And I know the church is not perfect, is it? Because it's full of us and none of us are perfect. But it's what God uses on the earth to reach people. And I'm sure the wonderful experiences you've had with the church, you want for other people to experience. That's why we need to get out of here and go, as Jesus tells us to. And I love the way Jesus describes this, the message. You've got to love the message translation, don't you? Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Here's another way to put it, Jesus says. You're here to be light, bringing the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives, be opening up to others. by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Do you get that? Be generous with your lives 
by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. You will influence people. Basically, that's what he's saying. So if we're serious about seeing people reconnect to God and they're not coming to us, well, guess what? We've got to go, boom, to where they are. And I love this, this green thing. I'm going to call it the green thing, okay? How good's that? Because it's like every little one of these little stokes, I reckon he's like us. We're all being sent, okay? Here we are in the church, but here we are, all going out. Pick which one you want to be, okay? Which one's you? I'll be that one right there, okay? And that's all of us going out into this world, into the community, all being sent out. So every time you look at the green thing from now on, look at yourself there and go, okay, where am I? And the further out you go, I reckon the better because you're further out into the community. Okay. So who are the people in your world that you influence daily? If you've got a pen and paper, I want you to jot jot it down. Think about it. Think about your normal day. You start with your family, those you wake up in the house with, your spouse, parents, kids, your boss, your workmates, school friends, school teachers, daycare staff, mums at the school gate, clients, customers, patients, your local lunch shop, Chris, your next door neighbour, everybody that you are in contact with every day, you are influencing them, whether you know it or not. Now think about those on a weekly basis. Who are they and where are they? More importantly, where are they? They're at soccer, they're at sports, they're at AFL, they're at swimming, they're at the gym, they're music teachers, they're dance teachers, the lady in the bank, the post office, restaurants, coffee shops, hobby groups that you might be involved with. God's placed each of us in a different sphere of influence. I could write all those people down. Chris could write all those down. Every one of you could write them down. And there'd be an amazing amount of people that we are influencing every single day. Every interaction you have is a chance to be that light and salt. You are the church. You're all ministers. Did you know that? You're all ministers. It's not just Greg and um, Chris and myself. You're all ministers of the gospel. Every single day you're out there. So now, get those people in mind. Now, the next little thing is you have to do. I want you to, for a moment, see yourself through their eyes. Okay? Just think for a minute. How do your interactions with them look? Can you be them for a minute and look at you? And how are you going? What kind of influence are you having? Are your conversations salty? Are you leaving them with a bad taste in their mouth? Or are you leaving them thirsty for more? Are you being a light in their world? Or are you just leaving them in the dark? And I think probably each one of us could really go, Ooh. Yep, bit of adjustment needed. But it's a good wake-up call. You know, here we're amazing and everyone's lovely, but are we the same every day of our lives? How are we with people? How do they look on us as Christians? What kind of influence are we having on them? You might be the only Jesus that someone ever sees. So your response, your attitude, your actions reflect Jesus to them. And it's a bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? You know, if we, if we really do want people to know Jesus, well, how are you going at being reflecting Jesus? <laughs> um, so it's really important, isn't it? It's important to be here, 
getting encouraged and getting full of God, but it's so important. The other six days of the week with our interactions with people. And God, I reckon if God was looking down on us, imagine how much better it would be if he's looking down and you're all doing your thing wherever you are, all through your week, your lights are shining. And there's lights just everywhere, all over the community, rather than just one light here on a Sunday, which is, which is nice, but it's not... See how it's not the same? Imagine if we take that same light that's here on Sunday and spread it all over our community. It's, can, we can do amazing things. Amazing things. So the question, I suppose, is are you building relationships beyond people in the church? Life groups, fantastic. So good to be connected here in the church. And I'll just give a bit of a pump for the um, Cappuccino walking group we went on Saturday was launched. Um, If you want to get part of this group, you need to talk to Lois. You go walking so you feel really good about yourself. A bit of exercise walking down Baruby Beach. But the best part is come back and you have coffee nice coffee at Crest, so that was really good. Got to chat with some lovely people in the church that we don't normally hang with, so that was great too. So, Okay, who are we influencing? I hope you've got those people in mind. How do we influence these people? How do we positively influence those in our community? And I thought about this, and I thought if we did these three things, live, love, and lead like Jesus, I think we can't go wrong. We're called to live in this world but not be of the world. Jesus lived in the world, but he didn't go along with everything that was going on at the time. He was kind of a bit countercultural, wasn't he? He stirred the nest. He stirred the pot. And I think we need to let God shape us rather than the dominant culture that we live in. And I know as young people, that can be a really hard thing for you guys. So what does it mean to live like Jesus? Good place to start is with humility. (laughs) Thinking about others before ourselves. Not a very common thing in this society we live in. It's really all about you. Put yourself first. Your needs are the most important. But if you're going to live like Jesus, we need to be thinking about others first. Jesus told us this. He said in Matthew 28, 20 to 28, when the disciples were having a bit of a fight, who's the greatest? I'm the greatest. Jesus says, no, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for ransom for many. And then in the message version of Matthew 23, 11, he said, this is great. This is from Lois. Lois sent, me, sent us this one. Do you want to stand out, it says? Then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. See, there it is again. There's your influence. How do you want to influence people? Do you want to be a big, puffed up, prideful Christian? I know I don't. That's not going to affect anybody. So if you want to stand out, step down. Be a servant. Very much our world says it's all about us. Be interested in what people are doing. When you're having conversations, don't make them about you. Ask about someone else. Find out what they like doing. And hey, here's something. Go and join them. Go and do it. Go and be part of the world. Sometimes we can get a bit, um, what's that word, blinkered. We can have our lives just all about this way. There's a big wide world out there, lots of interests. So be interesting and be interested in what people are doing. Join the minute, lend the hand, be helpful, go the extra mile. Let's be people that go the extra mile. Don't you reckon? I love people that go the extra mile. Let's go the extra mile and then let them find out a little bit more about who we are. Live by your values. What do you value? There's another question for you. Write that one down. 
what do I actually value in life? Think about it and decide what values. Will it be integrity, honesty, family, friendship, whatever that is, generosity? Write them down, work them out, and then cut off things in your life that don't line up with those values or they destroy your values. Be people that live by what we value. And then people looking on, they see something different about us, okay? And live your life with purpose. Let's not just drift and ah, just go willy-nilly with whatever's going on. And especially young people, it's hard for you. I I know that. But what does God want from us? Not what others want. Use those gifts that you've been given to serve others. If you've got a gift of encouragement, get out there and encourage people. Be the best encourager you can be. If you've got a leadership gift, Get out there and lead. Wherever you are in your workplace, lead. Lead with integrity. Lead well. If it helps, then serve with a great heart, with a joyful heart. So that's living like Jesus. Now we can excel in loving like Jesus, unconditionally and extravagantly. And you can't talk about love unless you go to 1 Corinthians 13, the wedding verse. Hey, we all know it. Nearly every wedding you go to reads this beautiful verse, but it's so good. Every now and then I think we need a reminder of what love looks like. And I don't think I've got this up up here. Um, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It's a beautiful piece of scripture, isn't it? Can't you see why they read it at weddings? It's so good. So if we're to love others well and positively influence them for Christ, a couple of areas I think we need to just be aware of. So this is like a bit of a, just a bit of a checklist. And the first one I've written down is watch your mouth. And you go, oh, that's a bit weird. How do you speak to others? Hey, I'm preaching to myself here, okay? I could just be talking right to me right now. How do you speak to others, those specially closest to you? Because someone is always watching and always listening to you speaking. We can get ourselves in some bad habits and no one will ever pull us up on it. But if we really want to be that influence, what is our language like? When we're in a group... Are we in with all the the crude jokes? Is our language bad as everybody else? There's no light there. There's no light at all. Ephesians 4 says it beautifully, 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Benefit those who listen. Influence those who listen. There's so many, so much about influence in the Bible. So that's just the one I just want you to be keeping in your mind. You might say, oh, that's fine. I don't swear. I don't say any bad language, anything like that. But what about your tone? How's your tone? You might be saying all the right things, but your tone might be just harsh, which then changes the outcome. Our speech should be gentle and not harsh. Now, you might think it's a weird kind of message for influence, but you know what? I think it's really important, the way we see ourselves and the way other people see us. That's the best way to influence someone. So I want you to think about what your speech is like, what your tone is like. Don't be drawn into gossip. Yuck. We all hate it. Stay away from it. Discipline yourself not to get involved with that. It's so easy to get drawn into. 
Um, this is, next one is be available to listen to someone. I think you can love someone by just being available. Listening, and again, I'm talking to myself here. God provides the opportunities, but we've got to just sometimes slow down and be with someone. Be present. Give them the time to listen to them. Sometimes it's a, it's a beautiful gift, and I've done that. Often I've been a bit rushed, 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 and whatever, but I've just stopped listened and I thought that was the best gift I could give to that person just to listen to them so love them by listening and being present with them don't be judgmental we're not in a position to judge a person's life okay you might be talking with someone and their life's a mess I got lots of people their lives are just messy but I'm not the judge I'm not going to point fingers every time we judge someone I think a good picture I like pictures is get the finger like that and then just go Straight back at yourself. Because that's what you're doing. You know, God is the judge, not us. We need to love people. So if we're trying to love and accept people and help them move forward, we don't want to be judgmental, okay? Yes, there's times when we can correct people and whatever, if we're given the opportunity. But you know what I'm saying. Don't point fingers and go, oh, if you did your life this way, you wouldn't end up like that. Soon as they detect a hint of judgment, they will close down with you and you've lost any opportunity to, um, to be in their life. So remember that. Um, don't judge. And Christians, I think, and the church at times and maybe historically um, have had a bit of a reputation for being judgmental. So let's be different. Let's be Christians that aren't judgmental. Let's stand out as being different. And we're reminded by Paul in Romans 3.23 and he says, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus, in John 8, when the woman caught in adultery, which you remember she was dragged in before the people, and um, he said, when they went on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. So funnily enough, there wasn't one person there that could throw the stone. Hey, so let's be just wary of being judgmental. And don't take offence easily. Let's be people that can rise above offence. It's so easy to get narky with people and hold grudges. And I talk to people and they've held grudges for like 10 years with someone. I'm like, are you serious? Let's not do that. If we want to influence people, we need to let things slide off us. Okay. And if need be, yes, address it. Do it quickly. Do it gently. Do it nicely. But don't hold on to grudges. Don't, you know, exclude people from your world. Um, we're better than that. Um, again, the, this is all biblical, okay? Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Remember how much we've been forgiven by God, hey? And that should automatically help us be forgiving with people's misgivings. Colossians chapter 3, just write that down if you've got a pen and paper. Just read it. If you want to learn about living, loving, like Jesus, just read Colossians 3. Fantastic guidelines for how we can um, be more like him. Don't preach at people when you... And they know you're a Christian. Well, they might not know you're a Christian. But don't... And I mean... I don't mean don't share your story. I think the best way... Well, this is my personal opinion. Um, is to share your story about what Jesus has done in your life. See the difference rather than preaching at them, which is the finger shaking a little bit, you know. Um, So we just need to be careful, I think, with how we approach 
people, to influence them for Christ. Um, because I find sometimes when they hear your story, they lean in and they want to hear more. They're kind of like, oh, tell me more. Then you get a little bit more of a chance. And then, if you can, invite them to church. Come, come and see what it's all, what, what, the, you know, what the church is like nowadays. They can only say no, can't they? You can try. But don't do that first. Build the relationship first. Don't preach at them. And I reckon if we're all on our own journey towards transformation, we can share that with people. We just say, hey, I'm not there yet, but God's working in me. And they get intrigued. When you talk like that, they kind of go, what do you mean working in you? Um, And it's that personal relationship with God I think sometimes people aren't aware of. They, They know God's there, but I think he's out there somewhere. But we're, let's be people that invite God in here and do the work in us and share that, share that journey. And if we're going to lead, so there's loving, living, loving, lead like Jesus. We've got to lead with some spiritual authority, but do it gently, okay? Let's not be controlling or pushy, but do it with grace. We don't want to be like the Pharisees. Jesus hated the Pharisees. I love it in the Gospels where you read where he goes off, doesn't he? He hates the way they carry on with people. He called them out many times. Jesus was a servant leader, so we can learn from that by serving people. Leadership is influence. It's all it is. I remember John Maxwell in all his books. He says, leadership is influence. So we've already said every one of you is influencing every day. So that means every one of you are leaders. So poke the person next to you and tell them that you're a leader. Okay, do it. Need to make sure you're all awake. Because most of you probably think, no, I'm not. I'm not a leader. You know, oh, Chris is a leader and, you know, someone else is a leader. You're all leaders. All leaders. Every single day. And the very best person you can lead is guess who? Yourself. Lead yourself well. Do that really well. And that will give you amazing influence to those around you. So lead yourself well first. Then lead those closest to you, like your family, those ones in very close proximity, and then begin to lead the wider friends, acquaintances, and all that. But it begins with you. So to lead like Jesus, we need to put some spiritual disciplines in place. And Ray, you spoke so well when you did communion about repentance and um, sin and stuff. We don't talk a lot about that nowadays, Okay. But I think we do need to always be aware that we need to be repenting. And that's that turning around, realising you've done something wrong, made a mistake, confessing quickly, and then repent means turn around. If you're heading this way with a certain behaviour, turn around, go this way. That's what repenting means. We need to be in the Word, reading the Word of God, knowing what Jesus was like, because he was God in flesh, So if we read about Jesus, then we know how we can be living our lives. And do the same. Do the same. Prayer and solitude are things that are really hard to get hold of in our fast-paced world. I reckon we all live at this crazy... So to have time for prayer and solitude is a discipline. And these disciplines never go out of date. They're not old-fashioned. We just need to grab a hold of them. Okay? So Romans 12, 12 is a verse God impressed on my heart this year, and I love it. And I just wanted to share it with you. It's Romans 12, 12. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And this is what it says. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful 
in prayer. They're really lovely, lovely words. Joyful, patient, faithful. Imagine if you could implement them into every part of your life. Imagine what that would speak to others around you. We're not immune to trials and troubles as Christians, but how we navigate through them speaks volumes to those around us, I reckon. So being patient in affliction, but remaining hopeful and faithful in prayer is fantastic. All right, enough about that. That's all individually. I just think things we can be just, you know, keeping an eye on how we're influencing. Us as a church, how can we as a church influence community? When they're not flocking to us, how do we stand out in this community? So what opportunities do we already have and what can we create? So I was been thinking, we already have two fantastic opportunities weekly. Fridays here are really busy. I don't know how many of you have ever stepped foot on the place on a Friday. I think it's busier Friday than it is on a Sunday, isn't it, Chris? Music and Moves happens Friday mornings. That's our little people under five years old and their carers. Usually mum, but sometimes dad, sometimes grandparents. They flock here. We have up to 30, 40 families every week from our community come. Now, as a team, we have a chance to influence these families by our interactions with them before the group during the program and after the program. And all those things I've said here, I take that on board with our team and how we just speak to people is the way they leave this church, either wanting more, leaning in, going, wow, I really like those people, I like what they do, I like who they are, or I wouldn't go back there again. See how important it is? It's a great opportunity we have. We actually get to pastor these families it's amazing what the relationships we build and they open up to us and they, none of them go to church. Not, I think there might be one person in the whole group that goes to a church. Not one of them does. We sing a God song every week. Um, we make sure we get one in there. So they're singing about God even if they don't know God. They're singing about him. Um, the money that you all sow into the improvements around this place um, are for these families. They're not just for you. They love the new outdoor area just as much as we do on a Sunday. You should see their faces. They come and they go, oh, this is amazing. They All, all the mums prop themselves up there on all, all those beautiful seats out there, drink their tea and coffee. They treat, it's home for them. You know, it's the only, only place, they, only church they know and they think this is, what, you know, this is what church is all about. So thank you for sewing in to all that. Um, and thank you for all the improvements. They notice Oh, the toilets have been painted. Thanks, Graham. Um, he's awesome. You need to give him a big slap on the back. He's just an amazing man. The creche, keep your eye on the creche, the fence, everything around here. It's just wonderful. But they notice. They do notice because we want to do things as well as we can. Um, so we're influencing them by how we're doing things around the church. The meals that we cook the ladies cook. We hand these out to these mums as well. If they're having a hard time or they've got a new baby, we give them those meals. So that's love in action. So so I've got this up here. This year we want to do things differently. Um, It costs a fair bit to create these meals constantly and Lynn Osler's in charge of all this. So what we're going to do this year, music and moves, they pay to come along. So we're going to provide the money for all the meat um, for the meals, which is quite substantial. 
But what we're doing, we want you to partner with us. Every week, this basket's going to be here and at all the life groups, okay? And we've, um, Bronnie's done us a card with all the ingredients we have for these meals. It's things like tin corn, tin tuna, rice pasta, tin tomatoes, beef stock cubes, all that sort of jazz. If you could just grab extra one day when you're shopping and bring it in each week. That will help us so much to get all these ingredients, get heaps and heaps of meals made, ready to hand out for our own church family, but for the families that are in our community. We've had people come along and say, look, my neighbours had a really tough time. Can I please have some meals? That's the church in action. So we'd love it if you would um, grab one of these so you know the ingredients and just any Sunday or life group, bring them along. That's a great partnership. Um, youth is here every, fr- every Friday night. They are doing a fantastic job influencing young people in the area. But I thought, you know what? It's even bigger than the young people because the parents drop them off and pick them up. And often they're standing at the back of the room, aren't they, when youth's on. What an amazing opportunity th- that is. So, you know, encourage the youth team. You know, if we can help them in any way, please do so as a church because they are doing an amazing job. Young people, you have an amazing opportunity to influence your friends and their families. And so don't be afraid. I just want to say don't be afraid to stand out and be different. You know, the world just wants you to be the same and everyone just go with the flow. Be like the salmon that swims upstream instead of swimming along with everybody else. You know, Romans 12, 2 says... Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, good and pleasing will. The markets, they're another great opportunity. Every month on the first Saturday, we have the community markets here and they're going really, really well. And it starts, I'm thinking, okay, how, do we, how does this influence our community? It starts right from Steve McGrath. No pressure, Steve. But it does, because it's an online presence. That's how we do all the connecting, isn't it? And it's right from that social media, that first point, we are influencing. In all, I, I see all the communications that go back and forward. I see Steve work with some of these stallholders, and he's full of grace. Aren't you? <laughs> they can be a little bit demanding sometimes, but Steve is just awesome. He just smiles and he just deals with it as he goes, but he could be different. He could be a cranky, you're going to do it this way. No, no. And imagine the different influence. The storeholders and everyone is loving the markets. He's rebuilding. We all are. There's a team as well. It's the guys on the car park coming in, smiling. Every Baylife person is just radiant with energy and that's fantastic and they're noticing they are really noticing so each month we thought we have the opportunity to highlight the church so how do we do that I don't know we've had a few thoughts but I want you to be thinking you know maybe we have a a concert here or something you know I don't know we can have a kids program one time just highlighting the different parts of the church um, yeah, so be thinking. We want to get creative on this, don't we? It's a great opportunity. The community's coming and they're here. So, you know, how do we let them know about us? Um, we've got some great local partnerships around the, with the community centres. I've, I have in particular been working with the Gangan Centre at Anna Bay School for years and years and years. And um, they are really, really wanting us to partner with them, and along with Port Stephens Family Service where Ina works over at Raymond Terrace. They reach out here. And the Yakaba Centre, 
three good community centres. They want help. They want connection. They want us to partner with them. And one of the biggest things as I listen in, it's food again. So today's about food, okay. The girls over at Gangan said there's actually some very hungry families in this local area. There are children that couldn't start school properly this year because they had uh, torn old bags and they needed things for school. Um, So see this box? It's now an open pantry box because what we're going to do with them is work in partnership with them and be a point of donation for dry food, pantry items, okay, anything. Not so much junk food, but just anything. Anything that you would buy for your pantry, again. So can I encourage you, every time you go grocery shopping, buy one thing, just one thing for the church pantry. And whether it's going to go in to cook a meal for someone or it's going to go to another person for a meal. But know there is need in this area. Just conversations I've had this week. There's big need for mental health support in this region. And I don't have the answers. I don't know. But I just know there's nothing up here to help people that are struggling with mental health. People can't afford to live here. Affordable housing is a huge issue up here. So there's all there's lots lots of things. We're going to go and see local government this year, aren't we? We're going to go and see the police. We're going to talk to the council, to the mayor, and we're going to say, look, we're here. How can we help you? How can we serve this community? So buckle in because it's going to be fun this year. We're not going to sit on our backsides and do nothing, okay? So we don't know what it is, but we just know that we're called to be light and salt in this community. So I hope you want to partner with us. I've given you a few ideas. We can just start small, start with the food thing. But one, I know you're standing there. I know, I know. But one more thing, the big thing. Who watches those shows on telly called, um, they might be like Renovation Rescue. They pick a family in the community who's done it really tough and they always make you cry because it's so hard. They've had such a tough call. They get everybody around and they either redo the house or they do something. We want to do something really big this year and make a difference. But I need you to be ears and eyes. My little role in the church is community pastor. I'm one person. I can't be in every part of the community. I can do my best to network. But you're out there. Let's have eyes and ears to find somebody or a group of somebodies in our community that really needs a hand and let's get on board and do something significant this year. Do you want to do that? I do. Chris does. What about anyone else? Hey, so keep your ears down. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. But we are determined that we are going to make a difference. And it'll probably be in partnership with Gangan or whoever. It doesn't matter who. We can't always just be on our own. We just want to partner and network. So I don't know. I don't know how to finish. But I just hope that um, in your heart... Your, your heart rate has quickened to go, yeah, let's make a difference. Let's do something around this place. So let's just pray. Father God, oh, we love you so much. We love your church. We love that we're called to be salt and light, Lord God, and we love our community of the Bay region. God, as we just sit here, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you're already at work with ideas and opening up hearts and minds to what possibilities could be this year for us, Lord God. Help us to be the the light and salt, to be a, a wonderful influence by loving like you, Jesus, by living our lives like you and leading the way you would have us lead, Lord God, so that we can be salt and
wonderful thirst in our people in this community, Lord, that they will be drawn to you, Jesus, because it's all about them coming to know you. So thank you for each and every person, Lord, and for what you are going to do in all of our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So you can't give a round of applause for that. Pastor Rob, that was a great message. Hey, I had a thought. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.